Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King to talk about all this wonderful news that has come out in the past couple of weeks. Ben, how are you doing? Man, uh, late last night when we got the OC information, I was ecstatic. So uh, I'm I'm uh, cloud nine right now, man. This is the yeah. best scenario I think could have happened. Uh, Hugh Freeze, enjoy liberty. Uh, you'll probably get you know kicked off your coaching or fired or whatever you want to call it there <laughs> pretty quickly unless you walk the straight and narrow. Just which, look out for Mr. Falwell. Which, uh, jumping in, I guess, straight into that. <laughs> what about Liberty being very high valued school and then getting a guy like Hugh Freeze? Is there well this just seems kind of odd. You know, Liberty they hired uh one of the guys from Baylor that got fired from there because of all the scandals that went on with that organization. So I, I think uh Jerry Falwell Jr. just kinda turns a blind eye to some of those uh transgressions, if you'll call them that. Yeah. And uh, it's odd because I wish that the university held its uh, its leaders to the same standards that it holds its students. Because if anyone on campus got caught doing anything that those two guys, the one from Baylor and the one from Ole Miss, were doing, they'd be booted off the campus. Oh, <laughs> they, they would be expelled from school. So, you know... It's it's an interesting situation. I know I've talked to some Liberty fans, uh, CJ especially, and they're not thrilled, but uh, they're supportive. So we'll see what happens. He yeah. should build a good football program. He's a good coach, but I mean, for for that organization, how much is it to you know have a good program over compromising you know your morals? Yeah, that's know. a that's always. If you're, you've been in an ethics class, that's usually the kind of questions that get brought up. Well, what if it's a really good quarterback coach or a good head coach or whatever? What if it's a good quarterback? Like, where, but he's, he's a bad person and does things immorally. Where do you draw the line? I mean, most people would just be, it's a lot of times they're just like, well, this guy, I'm not even going to mess with him because it's not worth the risk. Um, and that's maybe part of the reason we didn't get Hugh Freeze. Um, there's tons of rumors out there that we were in talks with you and that didn't work out. Um, I don't know what's true and what's not at this point because I mean, of I'm sure we were. Noise. He and he and Gus are good friends and they coach high school together and they have a history. So regardless of what Hugh Freeze had done, uh, I think Gus still would have liked to have had him. 
I think Hugh Freeze just kind of took the best opportunity. I mean, head coach is better than a coordinator any day, regardless of where you're coaching. And especially, you know, if you are up in Virginia where you have pretty, pretty much, you know, the most adequate talent in the area that it's a hot spot for, you know, college teams that who, who are you really recruiting against? Like Virginia tech is the number one and then UVA and they're terrible and Radford and old dominion beat Virginia tech this year. And, you know, it it's it's a good spot for him. I mean, more power to him for going there. I definitely think that we were, you know, courting him a little bit, though. However, you know, well, one other thing to touch base on with the way that Auburn kind of pulls in people and gives them a second chance to what you were saying, AJ, they definitely look at character because a lot of the guys who came in who had made mistakes, they weren't bad guys. They just made bad decisions. Cam Newton, for instance... A handful of others, pretty much anyone who gets kicked out of Georgia I mean, well, for making it, a mistake, and those are just football players. You, you think yeah. about Bruce Pearl as a everybody who criticized that. That's true. Pretty immediately, that why are you messing with a guy that has NCAA all over him? And I mean, look how good Bruce He's has got done. Great he, character. He, made, he has great character, exactly. And he made one mistake. He completely like to put a Christian term to it, repented, like went away from it and said, you know what? That was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. That was breaking the rules that the NCAA set up. I'm not going to do that ever again. I'm going to watch myself um, very, very closely. And that's more or less the kind of people that Auburn tends to hire. Yeah. Like, so Cam Newton, he stole or he bought a stolen laptop. And threw it over window, which was dumb, but that's fine. <laughs> and then, uh, what did he was Marshall a, what, do? Nineteen or twenty year old? Yeah, I that mean, was just a bad decision. Yeah. Um, Nick Nick Marshall has great character. I don't know what he did, what mistake he made, but I think that was the thing. And then, like you were saying, Bruce Pearl, like, gosh, from someone who had no affiliation to Auburn before, he's become such a strong Auburn guy. And he does so much for the university itself, regardless for athletics, but also the school. It, I mean, I'd I'd take him every day, even regardless of his his past mistakes. So, hopefully, Hugh Freeze will do that for Liberty, and I'm just glad he's not with us. I'd much rather have an, a quarterbacks coach and let Gus, you know, coach the offense and really show us what he's got. Yeah, yeah. And uh, part of the news that came out was, but even before looking at Hugh Freeze, was the uh, Chip Lindsey leaving and going to be the offensive coordinator at Kansas, uh, which is, as many of you now know, is uh, Les Miles, where he's now the head coach. Um, he took off a couple years after we beat him, and uh, now, guess what, one of our offensive coordinators is going there. Uh, it really honestly sounds like a downgrade, considering you're coaching in the SEC, and then you jump over uh, to Kansas. Kind of interesting. Well, it's either find another job or get fired. Well, yeah. So I think he he made the right choice. Yeah, I mean, it, it in the long run, he was either going to get fired. Somebody, as we had called many weeks ago, uh, there was going to be somebody who's going to get the axe, and we had pretty much identified it's the offense this season, and who's the head of the offense. I mean, technically, kind of Gus Malzahn, but Gus Malzahn with a buyout, it's just not going to happen. So who's <laughs> the next guy? Chip Lindsey. Who can um, we so, afford? Yeah, so Chip Lindsey, um, in a way, gets pushed to go find another job, finds another job, um, and now will be continuing to coach. Uh, some more news. There, there's a lot of news coming out. 
and uh, some really good news um, for a lot of these players. And uh, one of them wasn't as great of news. I mean, you can view it as great. Um, some people view it as great, but some people don't. Is the Jarrett Stidham uh, leaving the NFL? I mean, even last season, he was predicted to go to the NFL, chose to stay. Um, th- I'm, I'm happy for him. Like, I want him to do very well in the NFL. Um, I want some New Orleans people... to pick him up, man. Can you imagine? And, and be under somebody like Drew Brees? That would be awesome. Absolutely. I'd love him to get picked up by New Orleans, spend two years behind Drew Brees, learning how to check down and move around inside the pocket and then just be one of the best NFL quarterbacks of all time. Cause I definitely think he could be, that was yeah. the problem with us is we'd never gave him a pocket and we didn't really run his type of offense that we should have. Well, and, and that's part of the hard way to, to look at how do we evaluate him in college versus the NFL. And from what I can gather, scouts can more or less see through how you do in college, even if it's bad, and see what kind of talent you have there. And they they obviously saw something there to give Jarrett some sort of inclination. Hey, I can make it in the NFL, so I'm going to go leave college and go try my my feet and see what, what I can do in the NFL. Um, and, and they see what his assets are. I know some people may not think about him as a really good quarterback, but think about how good of passing he is. Um, when he's got a clean pocket, I mean, that's not always the best situation, but think about how much better he is, um, when he's got wide receivers that are capable, um, and coverage. I mean, that's the kind of thing that he needs to be very successful. And I know in the NFL, you're not going to always have a clean pocket, but that's where getting under somebody that can move around in the pocket and get open. Um, that's where he's going to be able to really shine. Um, and I think he'll probably be in the NFL um, as a backup for a year, two years, maybe three, and uh, figure out what works for him. Um, learn what the NFL is all about for being a quarterback because it's, again, a different jump. Like high school is to college, college is to the NFL. And uh, Sidham's got to make that jump. Uh, it's it's not going to be an easy one. Um, let, let's kind of like reminisce a little bit. Because Stidham has been um, our quarterback for the past two years. Uh, he's he's done a lot of great things, leading us almost to uh, the playoffs last season. What are you going to remember most about Jarrett Stidham uh, now that he's heading off into the NFL? Uh, I hope beating two number one teams back-to-back and uh, you know being that close to the playoffs his first year on the Plains. I'm definitely not going to remember this year, that's for sure. I'm going to yeah. look back on last year when he had a more competent offensive line and uh, offensive strategy. This year just wasn't there. Yeah, and, and to throw some stats out there, um, Stidham was about 6% less percentage on passing than he was last season. He threw for about, so far, I mean, not counting the bowl, but... Uh, it's probably about 700 yards less than uh, he did last season. Uh, he's definitely not going to be throwing more than that um, in the bowl game. Uh, he had more touchdowns. He had um, just a lot more it factor that we always look for with a quarterback. And this season he seemed to be early on frustrated, 
with either offensive line, wide receivers dropping the ball. There were just lots of little things that he didn't get to come together like he needed to. Um, and what we were honestly hoping the 2017 season would lead into the 2018 season. We had a lot of things in 2017 that I loved. That's why we were so high about this 2018 season. And uh, yet, as you see, we're 7-5 and five going into a bowl game. And uh, not the season we were hoping for. Um, do you blame him for going to the NFL? I mean, I, I've I've heard... He, One of my coworkers even was like, I want him to stay. I was like, he's not going to stay. No. There's no way. No, he can't gain anything else. In fact, the the Gus Malzahn offense does not fit his playing pattern. And for him to, like, I don't know how much Chip Lindsay called plays. I don't know how much Gus called plays. It It's up in the air. This year it'll be very decisive that Gus is calling the plays, and I think that's great because we'll know, you know, kind of what's going on more so than what we did this year. A lot of games, Chip Lindsey threw his hands up in the air and was like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know if it's because he had no power or what, but this year it it didn't work. And I think the main reason is because we continue to try to run the offense that we've done in the past with a mobile quarterback and a solid offensive line and a handful of running backs. We didn't have any of those this year. Jarrett was a pocket passer who when we ran the two-minute offense, had his best game, and we did that one time. That was our problem. We didn't run an offense that fit our personnel, and for Jarrett to stay and have to endure that for another season would just downgrade his stock and potentially get him injured. So I'm so happy that he's leaving, and I'm excited that he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback in the near future. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. I want him to go to the NFL. I mean, even last season... I was hoping he would stay uh, just so he would have another year with us. Um, and after this season, it's it's pretty much, it's quote-unquote, the pits for him. But he, he's he got a lot of upward momentum well, that he I can think carry it was, on into. It was very wise for him to stay last year because look at the quarterback talent that came out and went into the NFL last year. You had yeah. four or five really high prolific passers that that came out and a handful of them went in the top 10 baker mayfield went number one for uh, for some reason yeah but and even he's had, uh, like he he's i think won five is that right five browns games <laughs> that's pretty impressive and it's a lot on him well you know good for him whatever he'll have a good year or two there so uh the fact that Jarrett decided to stay around and with the way that the offense was working last year, hope to have a repeat this year. I was very happy for it, but now that we've, uh, you know, had him run for his life for 12 games, I think it's very good for him to move on. Yeah, and uh, we're happy for him. Uh, we want him <laughs> to do extremely well. Um, can't wait to see what he does and uh, where he ends up landing. Um, New Orleans. That would be awesome. Atlanta Atlanta people will hate that, but I think it'd be great. Hey, and that would be I mean, that's a lot closer than a lot of other yeah, it's uh, closer places to, Texas. to Auburn. Well he yeah, could, closer to Texas. He could land in what is it, Houston or Dallas. I don't think he'd be a good fit for he either could. of those. What are there any other Texas teams? Uh I think that's it. Yeah. New Orleans is the best place. If he wants to have a long career, him learning from Drew Brees would be 
just the absolute best place for him. That or that'd be awesome. That or Green Bay, but I think Aaron Rodgers has a long career in front of him. I think the best place for him would be New Orleans. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we don't have Stidham, let's shift a little bit into thinking. Well, what do we have at hand right now? And we've got Malik Willis, who's been the second string this whole past season, pretty much only been thrown in at uh, special plays, trick play kind of stuff, or thrown in at junk time at the end of the games. Um, hasn't really gotten a whole lot of significant time, and I don't know how much he's he's proved himself to be developed uh, in this in his sophomore season. Uh, you've also got Cord Sandberg, the a guy who played in the uh, minor league system uh, and then decided to come back. Uh, and you've got Joey Gatewood. I mean, Joey Gatewood, um, we, we've heard, is a lot of raw talent, need to develop that and hone that. Um, and the A-Day game didn't really show that, but he's had a whole season under his belt now uh, practicing. Um, so maybe by the 2019 season we see him uh, – making his uh, push to be the number one quarterback. Uh, the other quarterback uh, coming in, Bo Nix, um, he's already verbally committed, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to sign um, in the next week or so um, for the early signing period. Um, Just won the so, 6A state championship. Yeah, very impressive football Hare. player. Um, so he's he, he's got uh, a lot of things that people are, are talking about that he's got – the just very incredible arm, um, but also extremely shifty. Um, and if he needs to uh, get out of the pocket and uh, roll out and get some extra yards, um, he can do that. Um, who are you thinking is going to be our quarterback next season? I know we've got a lot to uh, process after the season, but like at this point, where are you thinking? Uh, it's difficult, man. I think Nick's probably has the most raw talent coming in and he's led a team successfully the past two years in high school to back-to-back state championships so his pedigree is a little bit better than the other guys how that translates to college under Gus Malzahn offense I'm not quite sure I don't know what type of offense that his dad was uh was running for him down in high school but I think that he is the incumbent to or I guess not incumbent but the incoming guy who uh who is really the one to beat out of that position now that we don't have a transfer coming in. And the the, the backup guys, Malik Willis, he, if if we ran like a 2013-type offense, we don't have a line for that. We don't have a, a Jay Prosh type because he's graduating. Uh, who's our Jay Prosh type this year? Really, really good at catching the ball. Uh, Chandler Cox. Exactly. Chandler Cox is a senior and he's gone. I wish we could have put him in that type of position. I don't know if we have anyone behind him that that can do what he can do and what Jay Prosh could do. So I don't really see Malik Willis, you know, having any type of upper leg, even with the time that he's had. And unless Joey Gatewood has improved like leaps and bounds, he he looks the type to fit that type of play, but I, I haven't seen anything out of him. So he would have had to have improved over that pathetic 8A game that we saw. Yeah. And Court well, Sandberg, I don't think he has any chance. He can be an OC. Well, and even, do you remember that one possession that he came in and, uh, of course, got that safety? And that's... Oh, Malik Willis? Yeah. Oh, Malik Willis. <laughs> so it's like... All of Malik Willis' plays until back 
the late, late end of the season were negative. Just bad situations for him. Um, and maybe that's coaching and him. I feel like anytime Malik Willis comes in there, it takes him like five plays before he actually gets settled in at quarterback. He's just trying to show off a little bit. Maybe well, if he's a starting quarterback, he gets those out of his way and he's like, all right, we got to play play in the system. I don't know. We never let him really pass tell. the ball until the Liberty game. And at the Liberty game, honestly, I saw a different side of Malik Willis that I've never seen before. Well, it's and also I think, Liberty's I know, defense. it's Liberty. <laughs> and Liberty was getting beat like 50 to nothing at that point. So yeah. they probably gave up. With that said, Malik Willis has an arm. He knows how to throw a ball, and Nick Marshall was not the best passer, but he could he could connect it to a guy. It it all depends on you know how we can develop talent in the off season and what type of offense Gus wants to run. Because if he goes to his roots, I'm not sure if I, I think it's probably gosh, it's a toss up. I mean, I think Nick's probably has the upper hand just because he's even as a incoming freshman, true freshman. He has like big game caliber. I don't know if the other guys have that. And yeah, well, with so the that... lack of development that we've had, I don't know if they've gotten any better. Well, and that's the uh, the big question in my head is what 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 is a quarterback in high school? Sure, you look good in high school, but what do you look like in college? And you look at fantastic Mister Alabama Jeremy Johnson. He for whatever reason doesn't have the mental it factor that you need as a quarterback very strong mentally and that uh that needs to be uh very big for a quarterback starting at Auburn can you handle the pressure like look at uh Goldilocks over at Clemson oh yeah he's a true freshman beat out Kelly Bryant Mm -hmm. and he's killing it yep and that's why Kelly Bryant was considering us in Missouri because he wasn't going to get any play time, even though he had pretty much led Clemson to, to almost undefeated seasons uh, at, what, the two years that he started. That's yep. pretty impressive. So it's um, possible. We'll see. Yeah. It, what? It's going to be it's gonna be the thing to follow, though, because, you know, a lot of times we rarely know who's going to be the starting quarterback. This time, I don't know if we have any idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're probably you may hear certain things that come out, um, and I'm sure Beat writers once A comes back around, I mean, they're they're just writing about what they hear, and uh, I mean, they probably hear just about as much as we do. I mean, maybe they have some extra sources, but I mean, it's it's like one of those big question marks. We really don't know what we're gonna get next season at quarterback. Like, we don't even know really if we're gonna get a transfer. I mean, what if we get another quarterback transfer? I think that'd be a bad choice. Okay, and why? Well, we need to quit putting Band-Aids on things. We have, you know, four quarterbacks. Like, if we get another one-year, like, one-and-done player, well, then we should have gone after Kelly Bryant harder. You know, I think he was the best, like, one-and-done type person out there. We really need to focus on the players that have committed to Auburn and develop their talent, play one of them. And I would love hopefully, that. hopefully the guys have gotten better. I mean, or Bonex is going to come in and be amazing. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think a one and done type player is the answer. Yeah, and one of the things that I think that when you heard the news, uh, like you said at the very beginning of the podcast, when you heard the news about 
uh, Kenny Dillingham. He's a quarterback developer. Um, did a really good job at coaching in Memphis, getting his quarterback to be able to put up some incredible numbers. Um, and, and that's the hope. Um, we, we've got a devoted guy now to quarterbacks. Um, I don't know Chip Lindsey technically was the quarterback's coach, whatever, but he was also calling plays. He had other responsibilities. I, I feel like with this new hire, he's got a lot more responsibility on the quarterbacks. Um, that's yet to be seen, obviously, but that's just my feeling, gut feeling right now. Um, and that's the kind of thing that we need um, because you need a lot of development at quarterback throughout the season and especially in the off season. Um, and this is the... He he needs to get out there and get with these guys as much as he possibly can um, within the legal bounds of the NCAA uh, to get these guys ready um, so that we have a good fighting chance um, with whoever the quarterback ends up being. Yeah, and Dilly Dilly is a young guy. He's 28, so he's yeah. he's closer to these kids' age than you know even I am. Yeah, and I, mean, uh, <laughs> I, I think that'll resonate when it comes to you know coming in as like a a coach, but also almost a big brother type or teammate and, uh, you know, teaching them the ropes. So I think that'll be great. Yeah. And just think Cord Sandberg, he's 23 years old. He's only five years younger than his quarterback's coach. <laughs> yep. That's just awesome. It's, <laughs> it's interesting, but I think it, I think it's a good hire. It's the best that we could have gotten. I'm, I, all I wanted was a good quarterback's coach. And yeah. after the Memphis numbers, like you were saying, Gosh, they they broke records this year, so bring them on. Yeah, and this one came out of nowhere for a lot of people. I mean, showing up completely, like nobody had this guy even on their radar. And yet, eh, okay, 10 o'clock Central Time uh, last night, Auburn's was like, all right, we want to hire this guy. Here's your offer. Yeah, what a weird time to announce it. I was in bed and like, what? Yeah, I know. When are they going to have like a press conference or something? Did they do that today? I don't know. I haven't heard anything yet, but just, I would suspect pretty soon. They're probably weird. I, I've heard that they're out recruiting right now just because of their early signing period. Yeah. They need to be out there. Um, so I'm sure it'll be really, really soon. And maybe that's why uh, they announced it so quickly was, hey, this is your new quarterbacks coach. Uh, here's your new offensive coordinator. Uh, let's go out there and finalize our recruiting. Your new OC is your head coach. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this honestly sounded, because I hadn't even heard of this guy. This kind of sounded like a settle hire for me. But the more you start reading into it, the more I feel like it was such a good quality hire. Um, and really, the quarterbacks are going to pay, or get to pay a lot of dividends because of how how this guy is going to come in here and I feel like do what we've always kind of been wanting. And we were thinking Chip Lindsay could develop quarterbacks, um, but that didn't really pan out all that well. Um, hey, another thing uh, Mr. Dilly Dilly does, he's a tight <laughs> ends coach. And uh, what have we been talking about? Using our t- tight ends. Use um, maybe he puts in some uh, little bugging to Gus's ear and says, Hey, here's some good plays for just some tight ends and uh, is able to get some tight ends, uh, some balls that uh, we really need to, we need to get them the ball a little bit more. Yeah. Ever since Lutzi and then Uzama, like we haven't had a tight end really do anything. 
I think Sal Canella, he was the build of a tight end, but was a wide receiver. So yeah, it'd be great to incorporate tight end and fullback again back into the offense. That'd be awesome. Well, one of the things just to get like a gauge on how Auburn was, at least the Auburn fans were accepting of how how we hired this guy and who we hired. Um, we put out a poll on our Twitter account and we just asked, what did you think that you liked the hire of uh, Dillingham? And uh, 83% of you said that you liked it. Um, I feel like that's a pretty good representation. Most people, uh, the more they started hearing about it and reading about <laughs> this guy um, who helped Memphis get the number four total offense in all of 2018, um, that that's, pushing us towards what we want to do, especially it sounds like Gus and Dillingham's offenses are going to mesh pretty well together. Um, so there's not going to be a whole big learning curve that needs to happen. Um, and then you add on top of that, how great of a recruiter, um, he's been, um, even I think when he was just, I think it was like a, an offensive analyst or something. He was, uh, out there, um, in previous jobs recruiting and able to do very well. And now, as an offensive coordinator at a big SEC school, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot more um, recruiting opportunities. Um, okay, Gus not calling plays. We we mentioned that. Where are you taking this for this next season? I know that now this puts the the axe right on Gus's throat, saying, "Here you go." Um, we've kind of pointed to Chip being the guy. He was the the scapegoat, and now it's Gus. Um, what do you make of Gus calling plays now? Well, I mean, I think it's great. I think that this is what we needed. I am happy that Gus is going to be, you know, it, he, he he's on a path now. It's almost his second chance. It's either show that you're legit and save yourself and have that redemption story or crash and burn. Because for whatever reason, the Auburn fan base is very fickle and this is what Gus needs to do to be able to prove himself so I'm very happy that he'll be in charge of it I know it'll be more stressful for him but maybe that's what Gus needs maybe he just needs the hands-on approach yeah and And for the last what three four years he's been more and more hands-off yep and uh we've been worse I mean I think it's for his personality I feel like it's come out more um but even still, that's not saying a whole bunch for Gus. Um, and now putting the whole responsibility of the offense um, pretty much on him. Sure, you got the offensive coordinator um, officially, but he's Gus is going to be calling plays, and Gus is going to have his hand in the offense. I'm going to say even uh, even more than he was with Chip Lindsey. And yeah, I think that's a pretty like fair statement. Gus has probably just been interfering more than he has been coaching when it comes to calling plays with the offense. And that has not worked out well. Hmm. So if he has to be in there, I want him to take full control. And uh, I'm excited to see him on the sideline doing the fingers and hurry up and whatever else. Because we barely hurried up at all this year. I know part of it was because we couldn't even get started. Yeah. And you know that has to change in order to, for us to be successful. But at the same time, I was hoping that the, the laid back, you know, type of CEO Gus was going to be, you know, a, a good thing for Auburn. It has not shown out to be that way. So if we can have the up in your face, like 
calling plays and thinking of the next way and you know chess game type guests that we had you know back in our championship season and then 2013 let's go for it let's see if Gus still has it in him to take a team and make it his own offensively come out because our defense is going to be stacked that's something we haven't had in a long time with a good offense if we can have both of those it'll be a really good team yeah and uh i know we're losing on defense we're losing our linebackers um but as you saw throughout the season more more players were were cycling in and, and that may strengthen our defense um and hey we've got kevin still yet again um he knows what to do on defense and uh use the personnel that he has um that that's that's the flip side of it now we've got gus on the other side taking more responsibility and i like you said i would love to see how great our if, if our offense is going and we've got our stout defense um that will be quite a good season um what are you feeling as far as I saw this discussion being thrown out there when next season we come and what is the number of games that Auburn has to win in order for us to not fire Gus? Ooh, that's difficult. I'm going to say 10 games. And uh, I know 10 games is asking a lot because we have to play Alabama and Georgia at the end of the season. Uh, we also play Oregon starting off, who's not going to be a pushover. Very good team, uh, unlike anything we usually see because of being on the West Coast and more of a, a quick, high-powered offense and not really that big of a defensive team. LSU is always difficult every single year. Texas A&M is just going to get harder. It it could easily be another 7-5 team. I think if that happens, Gus is gone. And for whatever reason, Auburn fan base just, just doesn't tolerate that, and that's ridiculous, but you know, it, I guess it's the... When when you're paying a coach seven million dollars a year, you expect him to deliver. Thing is, that seven million dollars is not going down. That was a mistake that was made and is not gonna change. So firing the guy and paying him, you know, thirty five million to go sit on the couch is is not the answer either. So take that as you will. I think ten games is really what he has to hit in order to stick around. Is it possible? Yeah. Is it probable? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see kind of how we develop in the off season. Yeah. And 10 is, is going to be tough. I mean, you're playing at Texas A&M when uh, this will be the second year um, that Jimbo is able to get the guys ready over there. Um, you're playing at Florida and uh, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a very tough one. Um, and I suspect they're going to be even better this next season. Uh, than they were this season. This season they were very, very good. Um, at least from the the way Florida's been. Um, we play at and, LSU too. Yeah, at LSU. We've got a lot of tough away games, despite having Georgia and Alabama at home. Um, I mean, like I would love a ten win season. I just, it's that would be really tough. That would be really tough to get um, with the next season. Um, I mean, you're probably going at, I'm going to say, I'd be happy. I mean, yeah, I'd be happy with Gus going like eight wins next season. Maybe that's a little low for some people. But if he gets eight wins and you're playing at Texas A&M, at Florida, at LSU, and you've got Georgia and Bama at the end of your season, 
and they're likely going to be a top five team, both of them. I that's just a really tough schedule. No, his um, first loss, regardless of who it is, people are going to be calling for his head. His second loss is going to intensify. His third, he may not make it out of the season. It could be. It could be. And I really hope that doesn't come down to that. Because um, I was even starting to think, the Gus that's going to be calling plays, he's officially starting in our bowl game against Purdue. And if that doesn't go well, people are already going to be like, oh, God, we got to go through another year of Gus Malzahn <laughs> and Gus being the head coach and being the play caller. God, like, what did we get ourselves into? And I really hope that isn't the case. Um, but you also have to think, Gus hasn't been in play calling for a long time. Um, and he's got to get back into it. Um, this is where the off season comes back in, um, where he's getting back into the books a little bit deeper, um, his playbooks, and seeing what's going to work in the 2018 offense. Because he hasn't touched as in-depth, I believe, the offense as he was um, when he was uh, even back in like twenty fourth, what twenty fifteen? I think maybe twenty sixteen was the last season he had his hand. I think it was like twenty fifteen. Yeah, his last it's hand, it's been a while. Were. But here's the thing: he can't do any worse than what we've been doing. So hopefully he'll recognize Jarrett's ability to sling the ball around and call plays based on our personnel of having excellent wide receivers, a mediocre running game, a poor offensive line, and a solid quarterback who's going to the NFL. If he does that, we should destroy Purdue. But if he if he doesn't and calls plays like we're called the rest of the season, you're right. It's going to be a really, really difficult offseason. People are going to be calling for his head right off the bat. Yep. And I really don't want that. I mean, I feel like this week has been, if anything, um, probably one of the more positive weeks. And that's saying a lot, considering we didn't even touch on the Asa Martin situation. Um, where he decided to leave the team because we burned his red shirt. There sounds to be some, some sort of miscommunication of whether or not we burned it or not. And the coaches didn't know. Um, but anyways, that, that was, despite that you have a great offensive hire that that's kind of like playing out right now as the biggest storyline. Um, and I really hope we can get it together under Gus as, as calling plays, because if anything, Auburn needs it. We need, um, some sort of, I mean, I'm going to call it a hope. We need some hope that next season is going to be not as miserable in some ways. Um, because we lost in some pretty miserable fashions. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't a fun season, um, as we, we had hoped it would be. Um, what do you take away from, um, what we're going to do as far as offense? Did, did it sound like we're going to change much up or are we just kind of like going to, go with the same same plan did you do you In have the ball game or that? next year um for next year next year i would not be surprised if gus went back to more of a hurry up no huddle style which would be good i mean that's the reason that our podcast is named no huddle even though we we've kind of gotten away from that in the past couple of years the quarterback talent will be a lot different than Jarrett. Jarrett is not a no huddle quarterback he's not a mobile quarterback even though he can scramble it it was never good. It will be, I think, more of like 2013 to 2015 type era. And then hopefully we'll be able to fill the holes that we've had this year and make it successful. 
but it's definitely not going to be like it was the past two years. I think Chip definitely was p- calling some plays. Some of them worked. Some of them were very bad. Yeah. I really hope we get away from throwing two to three times behind the line every single down. Like yeah. every time we get the every, ball, every, every possession. Yeah. Yeah. Every possession. It that was terrible. Like the bubble screen, everyone knew it was coming. Oh yeah. And it's great to throw in here and there when you sprinkle it. When it's your like one answer, <laughs> it's rush the quarterback, rush the quarterback, cover the pitch guy, punt. Yep. There are so many negative plays because of those very predictable plays. And uh I mean I I believe that we we were having some very big issues with play calling with Chip. Um and that that may have been the final hey hey buddy you got to go you got to go find another job we're not going to we're going to we're going to fire you or something something's going to happen at the end of the season i mean um, good for chip i think coaching under les miles should be pretty fun les miles yeah. seems to be a, a pretty chill guy he uh will chew on grass and chip will call plays and you know there'll be there'll be powwows out in kansas so good for him yeah, and I uh, wonder how the Kansas grass is compared to New Orleans. A little bit different, I'm sure. Probably more uh, like corn. <laughs> maybe. Corn and soybeans. Uh, yeah. Uh, ben, any other thoughts before we go uh, from talking about all of this news that's come out? Uh, do we want to talk about Asa at all? Sure, we can get into him. So uh, um, I was really excited about Asa being on the team. Uh, his highlight videos from... High school were incredible. I think it was unfair that he didn't get to play much. Uh, part of that, my guess, not knowing, but you know, I know about as much as anyone else who writes for Auburn, so that's fine. Uh, my guess would be it's it's more him holding on to the ball. I know we heard Gus say some early on in the season that there were some issues with ball security, and my guess, because of starting Cam Martin for whatever reason, and not playing Asa was Asa fumbled a couple times in practice. Uh, he definitely has the skills, and I wish him the best wherever he goes. It is unfortunate we didn't have him. I, I wish we had had a one-two punch with him and Booby, but you know that's that's what dreams are for, right? Yeah, I mean that's what we hoped before was the Petway carry-on combo, and uh, that never happened. <laughs> yeah, we never had both of them healthy at the same time, uh, and that. That is such, uh, I mean, that is such a shame that we we don't have Asa, um, and I get the frustration of uh, not being able to play, but at the same time, you got to look at it and be almost logical with this. There was some reason he wasn't getting play time. He wasn't getting the number of reps, even as somebody like Sean Shivers, who pretty much the exact same situation, first year come in, and Sean Shivers had way more carries than Asa Martin did because he could carry the ball and hold on to it. Um, there, there were certain things that I'm sure just he, he didn't earn his spot. And for that, he's trying to find another spot somewhere else um, where he can get some more prominent play time. I um, hope he goes to FAU and just destroys. <laughs> that'd be awesome. I feel um, like that's where our, uh, co- our running backs transfer to. And then they just yeah. become incredible yeah hey and i'm all i'm all about uh no gripe no grudges here i want him to do well um, no same i think it I sucks really that his redshirt was burned 
Yeah. Uh, I remember him going out and he like went out and caught a, a, a kickoff. And that was how we burned it at Mississippi State. And I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. That was, I, I still don't understand. So I think that his family has all the right to be mad that we were stupid and burned his red well, shirt on a, on a pointless play. I don't even know why he traveled with the team, honestly. Like and, he, well, he should have stayed one of the, home. One of the things that I've heard is Gus and Chib really had no, no inclination or no reason. Um, I mean, they well, okay. So they, they really wanted to use him. Like they really wanted to, and yet they never felt like they could. So they never put him out there. Um, and then they, I don't know if they were ever really trying to preserve his red shirt. Um, if they were, they did a terrible job. And again, Asa has the right to be mad at his parents, but I don't think, I mean, you, you would look at his talent and be like, all right, our running back talent right now isn't there um, where it needs to be. We're probably going to use Asa Martin a good bit this season. And yet for the reason we didn't because of unknown reasons to us that we can only guess about. Yep. Uh, if I was him, I would have said, no, I'm not going out on the field. And then if he got kicked <laughs> off the team, then he would have at least still had that year of eligibility. But wherever he goes, uh, I think three years will be enough for him, and uh, I, I hope him the best. Yeah, and really a lot of these players nowadays don't use all four years, especially if they are they turn into NFL talent. Uh, they'll use the three years and then go. Um, so maybe that that's what works out for him, um, and he's able to show that he can make it um, at the next level. Um, any other thoughts before we go? Uh, what are your thoughts on Cody Burns' new uh, responsibilities, I guess, as we'll <laughs> yeah. say? Yeah, that we know he's a wide receivers coach, but the new – I'm going to use the phrase that was in the Auburn Tigers uh, article, passing game coordinator. I don't really know what that means other than <laughs> uh, he's going to help out Gus with – scheming a little bit with wide receivers versus teaching more the hands-on uh i don't know like hands-on kind of blocking here's all right this is the route all right go run this route here's what you do in this route in this situation with this uh if it's in zone if it's in man do this like maybe but i think it's more than that that that's my interpretation does that make sense like he's taking on more of the scheming side of wide receiving coaching does that make sense yeah that'll be interesting i think gus needs some people to keep him uh from going off the deep end i guess to put it bluntly and i hope cody's that guy be like you know what uh we can use this this dude because gus is going to be on the sidelines calling plays he's not going to be up in a booth oh no he'll be down there on the field yeah so and cody will be right there in his ear yeah and if you ever look on the sideline cody's usually right there already um Pulling him back hey. and like shaking his head. <laughs> Bull crap! Bull crap! All right. Uh, what flag? Seriously? Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, that was from the Bama game, and uh, how did Saban not get a penalty? I don't understand for saying MF or whatever he said. <laughs> um, no, well. Anyways, uh, <laughs> well, it's all. <laughs> Before we go, Ben, do you want to give us your social media so, so people can stay in contact with you? Uh, yeah, you can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G. 
And you can find me on Twitter as well at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?